This morning's scripture reading is from Psalm 63. Please follow along in your own Bibles or as the text is presented on the screens above. I will be reading from the New International Version today. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being belongs for you. In the dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing my lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of the liars will be silenced. Longing. Seeking. Desiring something more, something deeper. Nothing satisfies or fills this void. Thirsty. I thirst. We thirst. God, we thirst for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. morning, church. I'm Sharon, one of the pastors here. Thirsty. Thirsty. Would you pray with me as we begin? God, you know us in and out. You've created us. And now you want to speak to us through your word. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come now and make real to each person what you intend May your word come alive as only you can do it. We pray it in confidence in Jesus' name. Amen. So when's the last time you were really thirsty? I mean like really thirsty, like your throat is dry, your tongue is sticking to the top of your mouth. Maybe it's right now. I actually put a glass of water there for myself because when I talk a lot, I get thirsty. (laughs) You know... Thirst is a thing that God's created in us. I, let me just tell you a story of the time when I was thirsty. We, we, a group of us went on a trip recently in this uh, spring to Israel and Palestine. And, of course, the weather there is pretty hot and some areas are pretty deserty. But we were privileged to travel in an air-conditioned bus. It was wonderful. But when we got off the bus to do a tour in the hot places... Our tour guide said, take a bottle of water. They had a wonderful container there of refrigerated water bottles. And we had to take one with us because the thirst would have dehydrated us. We would have been probably had effects of dehydration. So we grabbed a water bottle. We had easy access to satisfy our thirst. 
Now, you probably all know this, that our bodies are almost between 60 and 70% water. So you and I need that kind of water to keep replenishing ourselves. Every one of our cells needs water to keep flushing through it to be healthy and alive. Thirst is like the automatic reminder to keep healthy. Thirst is something that helps keep you alive. If you didn't have thirst, you wouldn't go after it. You know that uh, we could live... I don't know if I could, but they say this is true. You could live for up to a month without food. I don't know. But it's, they say that's the truth. But with water, no. We can't survive much more than three days without water, and then we would die. Now, we get the message of this ourselves. Um, we've gotten the message. Drinking lots of water is important, right? We see this. We tend to purchase all these water bottles ourselves. There it comes. You know, everybody needs a new water bottle. Anybody get a new water bottle for school this year to take with you? Yeah. Everybody needs a new water bottle. And so we take them with us to remind ourselves to keep hydrated up to eight, eight ounces of water a day, right? Keep, keep yourself hydrated. I think people have good intentions on that, but have you ever noticed that there are water bottles left all over the place? <laughs> like people leave their water bottles. Like I just checked this morning in our lost and found there are 12 water bottles in there. So if you're missing one, go check it out. But we really do. We recognize we need to have water to nourish ourselves physically. But what happens? What happens when that source of water is gone? When the, we don't have access to a steady supply of water? Think about the times this summer when it was super hot. Aren't you glad you had a refrigerator with cold water and maybe an ice maker and a drink that you could grab out of there? What if in that hot, hot weather you had no access to water? Or, as you heard in the psalm this morning, what if you were in a desert place? A place where there's very little water. Scorching heat, Barren deserts, they make us acutely aware of our desire and our need for water. And that's what our psalm this morning talks about. It describes David in a place where there's very little water. David's in a desperate place. He stirs this thought of desperate thirst as well. And so in that place of discomfort and uncertainty, he pens these words, these words that are going to give us hope when we're feeling thirsty. I wonder, even as begin this morning, if you're in a dry season. Oh, maybe it's, you know, not just the grass outside that's dried up, but maybe something inside of you feels dry and disconnected from God. Maybe it's circumstances that press in on you and you're not sure where to go. Maybe it's just sensing that distance and your soul feels parched. Let's see what Psalm 63 has to say about this. How it gives us hope in the midst of our thirst. Three ways we're going to look at this this morning. First of all, that God is our desire. He's what we long for. God can become our delight. This is what David's going to say. God is my delight. And then God is also my defense, my defender. 
So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 63, and we'll take a look at this psalm together as we discover what it is to thirst and find satisfaction in God. So what prompted this psalm? Commentators aren't exactly sure, but many of them would say, as maybe it says in your Bible, a little subscript there, tagline, it says, a psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. Now, we went to the desert of Judah on this trip. We walked in that place, and it was hot and desolate and hard to believe they actually had um, herds of sheep out there. I don't know what they were eating, but they must have had places for water. But the, the Judean desert is pretty desolate. And because in the end of this psalm it refers to the king, many think that this was written when David was serving as a king, and this is what happened. There was an insurrection mounted by his own son, Absalom. Absalom had been conniving and trying to get people on his side and go against his father, the king. And after many months, he had a whole flock of people who were ready to take his stand. And as David heard about this, he realized it was really serious. And so he and his entire household had to leave Jerusalem, had to flee from there, and they went out to the desert of Judea. They went out to a place where there was very little water, and he realizes he is in a bad place. Absalom is not just after the throne, he's after his father. His life was in jeopardy. And David is out in this place, in this dry desert place, and it's in that place that he begins to recognize something. The landscape, I think, probably reminded him of it. He's desperate for something. And not just to get out of the situation, but desperate for God. The wilderness place sharpens his own hunger for God. I think it's often the case that sometimes the very worst of circumstances produce the most heartfelt prayers. And that's what we're going to hear from David this morning. A remedy, thirsting for hope. So if God is my desire, the longing that I have, take a look at how he expresses that in this psalm. God, my desire. The prayer begins like this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. David starts with a place of relationship. You're my God. You're my God. On the basis of that, I dare to come to you and say, I'm so desperate for you. I need you more than anything else. Sense of desperation. His, the, the translation is both my heart and my flesh. It's like all parts of you. Your physical being, your spiritual being, your emotional being, all of who you are. This is what David is saying. That's what I'm longing for God. I recognize I need him. And then David remembers. He remembers that even in this dry and parched land that he sees all around him, he remembers back that God was glorious when he met him in the temple. He says in verse 2, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your glory, your power in your glory. I remember God A time when I was soaking in, I was filled up, I wasn't thirsty, I was ready, I was with you, and I saw your glory and your power in the sanctuary, and it was so good. 
And I have confidence in that as I go forward. I have confidence that you are going to be with me. Even in this landscape, even in that place that's devoid of anything good, God is there. God is not held prisoner to a building or a sanctuary or to good times. God is wherever you are, in the desert place, in the sanctuary, God is there. And David calls out to him. And then verse 3, I love this verse. Verse 3 says it this way. Because your love, God, is better than life, I will, my lips will glorify you. Better than life? David is, he's coming right down to the brass tacks on this one. He's viewing his life, which he realizes might even end. He's saying, knowing I have your love is better even than that. Yes, the grave has its terrors. Death is not something to look forward to. But it's far worse to be alive and yet miss the love of God. Because your love is better than life. I long for it, David says. What do you long for when you're in a dry place? Oh, maybe not a desert, but some of those deeper thirsts that we can't always identify. We don't always recognize it's God that we need. We don't always recognize that it's the love of God that is really beckoning and calling us. And we try to quench our thirst with things that don't really satisfy. I don't know about you, but like any other human, I run after things that I think are going to fill me up. And afterwards, I think I'm not satisfied. I have a longing for something, and so I go after it. I just go after other things. Maybe for you it's... um, feeling a sense of anxiety, a sense of not being worth enough, and so you go after achievement, and you go after working harder, and you go after an award, and you go after it. But at the end, it doesn't satisfy. Or maybe you're just bored. Maybe you're just stuck, and you think, I'll just fill that sense of longing up with something fun. I'll go on an adventure. I'll watch a movie. I mean, I I just confess, TV is one of those places I sometimes go when I really don't want to deal with what's deep inside of me. Maybe it's food for you. Maybe it's extreme sports. I don't know what it is. But we go after things that we think are going to satisfy and we're left wanting. It's part of our human condition. And I wonder if we can learn from David in this desert place to pause long enough to look around at the landscape, to feel the discomfort, and then say, oh God, it's you I'm longing for. That's what I desire. My heart and flesh, all of who I am, longs for you. That's David's desire. And when he speaks it, honestly in this prayer, he tells it just like it is. Then he recognizes that God can be his delight. He can be the one who feeds him, who meets him, who satisfies him in that deep place. So he moves forward in that confidence. You see it in verses 4 through 6 and on. 
God is going to fully satisfy me. God is going to be my delight. Look at some of the images he uses. We could spend a whole sermon on each one of these, but I won't. Um, but look at verse 5. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. Yum. A meal that just nourishes you. This is the way God's going to meet me. I'm going to, it's like lying awake at night. And I'm going to think about you, God. I'm going to anticipate the morning come, coming with confidence. Because you are with me in this place. This is the kind of image God, he has of delighting in God. He talks about refreshing shade and safety like under a bird's wings, under the shelter of God's wings. We never think, you know, the way the scriptures describe God within these physical terms, we know God doesn't have wings. But the picture of being sheltered under his wings is one of safety and refuge. He's my delight. I can rest there. And then in verse 8, it says, God, I cling to you. That verse, that if you translate it, it's, it's really, it's going after it. It's holding on hard, just like a child would cling to a parent for safety and security. I cling to you, God. You are my delight because I know when I cling to you, your right hand's going to hold me up. I'm not going to be clinging and just desperate because I have a God whose right hand will hold me fast. This is a picture that's used throughout scripture, especially the picture of being under God's wings. And I love this, this uh, verse from Psalm 36 as well because it says, how priceless is your unfailing love, O oh God. I, I couldn't pay for it. It's better than life. And I'm going to take refuge People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. What does it mean for you to make God your delight? To rest under his wings as you cling to him. This longing for God moves David from desperation to recognizing, God, you're my delight. You meet me in this place. You are good and I can trust you. It isn't until verse 9 that we recognize, ah, there's some things going on with David when he writes this. Because there he talks about God as his defense. He says it this way. Pretty graphic terms. He doesn't mince words here. David doesn't. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals pretty gruesome picture but what David is saying in this is I can trust God to be my defender I can trust that God is going to be the one who's going to come alongside me yes Absalom may be coming after me his followers are pressing in but I can trust in God I'm going to leave my enemies to his judgment, to his righteous ways. I'm going to, even in this desert place where hope seems far off, I'm going to trust in you, God. You're my defender. You're going to take care of the enemies around me. God is my, God is my desire. God is my delight. God is my defense. You know, in all these ways, we're reminded that God wants to meet us in those places of deep thirst. There's a remedy for our thirst for God. Maybe this morning, there are some circumstances for you that are pressing in. 
and you're feeling kind of desperate. You're maybe like David on the edge of the desert wondering, where is my help going to come from? And I trust that this prayer, this reminder of who God is for us will give you courage. David took action. Here's one clue that we can remember from this psalm. He doesn't just sit back and just say, God, you are my God, I long for you. No, he does some things. He says, I'm going to sing. Have you ever sung when it was really, really hard to sing? What a time to praise God with your lips. To make it a habit. To be honest with God, but to praise him even in a desert place. He remembers God. He meditates on him at night. When you're laying in bed and it's hard to sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night and it's hard to go back to sleep, can you sit and remember the goodness of God? Can you move into that place to choose to remember who God is? And when things are tough, think of that picture of the child running to a parent, clinging on hard to that parent to the legs of that mom or dad just to be safe and secure. You can run like that to God. You can praise him with your lips. You can can remember him in the evening. You can cling to him whenever he's needed. This is the kind of God we have who meets us in those thirsty places. There's a classic book written by A.W. Tozier called The Pursuit of God. And one of the bylines of it is often the human thirst for the divine. Because that's true of all of us. We have a thirst for something more than us, than we can see in ourselves. And he has this prayer in here that I think is just beautiful. A way to express our longing, our thirst for more of God. Oh God, I have tasted thy goodness and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire. O oh God, the triune God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be more thirsty still. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, that so I may know thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Are you thirsty for hope this morning? Is there something that's making you feel dried up inside? Anxiety, worry, situations that press in on you, just like David, you can turn it into a heartfelt prayer that will turn thirst into hope because God meets us there. One of the most beautiful ways we express this in the church is right here, right at this table, where Jesus says, come to me. If you're thirsty, you're in need, you're not certain where to go, come to this table because I will remind you at this place that I love you, that I'm for you, that I'm with you. As we prepare for communion this morning, I want to remind you that it is good to be able to share your prayer needs with others. God hears your prayer right where you are. You don't have to share it with someone else, but what a gift it is in the community to share a prayer need and to know others would pray with you. And you have in the seat pockets in front of you a prayer card. I encourage you to take that out. 
to think about where that place of thirst and desperation is for you right now. Who you are, what are you praying for? What are you longing for? To put that down on that, on that prayer card. You can either turn it in at the back, at the end. Our prayer team will be up here during communion to pray with you. Come, acknowledge your thirst. Remind yourself that God is a good God who meets you right where you are. Thirst is what helps keep us alive. You want to be alive in God? You want to have hope in God? Then meet that thirst. Go after it. Ask for it. Long for him and he will meet you as your delight. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who welcomes our honest, heartfelt prayer. When we're in desert places, you call us and say, come to me. Tell me what you need. And we remember you, God, that you can be our delight even when things around us don't seem so good. Lord, thank you for this promise that when we say we thirst and thirst even more for you, that you meet us in this place. We thank you for the gift of this table, this cup and bread that remind us of who you are, God. You are God who says, I've given everything to satisfy that need, and I want to remind you of it. Come, come to the water. Come, anyone who's thirsty, and receive the gift of his living water. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.